All right. Well, I'm sitting here with uh, Dr. Kathleen O'Toole, provost of K-12 education at Hillsdale, and uh, my colleague, Jared Hollyfield. We're going to be talking about Hillsdale's charter schools here in Tennessee. We've seen a lot of that in the news recently for uh, um, reasons not directly affiliated to what their actual the goal of the charter schools are. So we thought we'd sit down with Kathleen and get a sense of of what Hillsdale hopes to accomplish with their charter school programs and and why they're they're a valuable asset for the state. So I'm going to let Jared uh, conduct the uh, the questions here. So I'm going to hand it off to Jared. I thought we get started pretty general. And my first question is, unlike a lot of colleges, Hillsdale's really associated with lifelong learning. I know, I mean, my dad is always taking those online courses and a lot of people just kind of have a hunger even after they've gotten a degree uh, to be associated with Hillsdale and learn from them. And it sounds like what you're doing is going at it from um, the other end of the spectrum before college. So what I'm wondering to start us off is how does your program fit into sort of the general mission statement of Hillsdale as an organization of lifelong learning? Yeah, great. Um, thanks for thanks for having me and thanks for the opportunity to tell you a little bit about our work. Um, the college was founded over 175 years ago, and even in its earliest days, it was um, open to everyone, you know, at a time when African-Americans and women were not going to college, not allowed to go to college. African-Americans and women were coming to and graduating from Hillsdale College in its very earliest days. Um, and it was founded um, it was founded with a profound respect for the role that education plays, not only for young people, but in the in the life of of adults. Um, we we've known from the very beginning and taken uh, seriously from the very beginning the fact that we're really shaping people's lives by teaching them in a certain way in K through twelve or in college, and so. Um, you know, because of that, the 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 fate of our country, the direction of our country, is really shaped um, in a in a foundational way by the way that we talk to the young, whether the young are K through twelve young or college young. Um, what we learned over the course of um, of our time teaching college students uh, and working here with with younger K through twelve students here on campus is that a lot of adults uh, today look on the education that is that students receive at Hillsdale Academy or in our affiliated charter schools. And they think, wow, I wish I had had that when I grew up. Um, I'm a former school principal and I know from firsthand experience how um, deprived a lot of parents today feel when they look back on their K through 12 years, especially when they see their kids in a Hillsdale school learning Latin, studying art history, learning to read music by fifth grade. Um, and so we've, we, you know, we've seen all that, we've understood all that. And um, because we feel a, a sense of duty to our country and also to our fellow citizens, we thought, let's take every effort that we can, or take every opportunity that we can to bring the learning that happens with Hillsdale College undergraduate and graduate students out into the world. And so that's why these online courses exist. They're They're free and they're kind of snippets or shortened versions of, of the core curriculum taught at Hillsdale College. Um, and that's also the that's also the 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 idea behind the outreach that we do in K through 12. You know, we want to help make sure that all of the students in American schools 
public and private, receive the very best curriculum, the very best instruction that's out there. And over our time in K through 12 education, which goes back over 30 years now, um, we've, you know, we've learned some things about what's effective. We've learned some things about how to build a K through 12 curriculum that helps students be not only successful, but kind of happy in a deep sense because of their education. And we, we've thought for a very long time, why wouldn't we share that? You know, why wouldn't we teach others what we have learned? Great. So I know that your one of your programs is the Barney Charter School Initiative. So could you talk about that and maybe some of the other programs that fall under your purview at Hills, Hillsdale? Yeah. So here at the K-12 Education Office, the, the biggest part of our work is the Barney Charter School Initiative. Uh, the Barney Initiative was founded in 2010. So it's over a decade old now. And the mission behind that initiative is to bring sound curriculum and instruction, the principles of liberal education, um, which means studying the arts and the sciences and receiving instruction in character and civic virtue, bring that into America's public schools, chiefly charter schools. Um, We provide curriculum, we provide teaching advice in the form of um, many forms, uh, conferences, videos, teacher observations, all kinds of things. Um, And we provide uh, guidance for people who want to start classical charter schools. Uh, We do this for free. We always have done it for free. We always will do it for free Um, because we, as I said previously, you know, just want to see the schools be as strong as they possibly can. And we've discovered over the years that there's a massive demand for this approach that we take, which is called classical education. Um, Classical education is kind of the same thing as liberal education. It just means a well-rounded approach to the things that you study in K through 12, Um, not specialization for college or for career quite yet, um, but instead doing doing the tried and true things, the well-rounded things, the great books and the liberal arts, so that when you do specialize, you can do so with a knowledge of yourself and a knowledge of what's out there. So the way that the, the schools themselves that adapt your program, they're they're funded by their own means. Is that correct? You all are just providing a service. Yep, they're charter reason. schools. So they're they're they've applied for um a charter with the state. The process is different in every state, but all of them are um owned and operated by the citizens. Um and a and a board or a charter management organization. We don't um, own any of the schools ourselves, and we don't accept any money from any of the schools. We just provide our resources to them for free. Um, that's made possible by, you know, tens of thousands of people across the country who believe in this mission and who have given to Hillsdale College to enable our work to continue. So, can I can I butt in here for a second? So, when when uh, the comments in you know we see we've seen a lot of. Uh, comments directed at Hillsdale affiliated charter schools in Tennessee. And the affiliation, just to be clear, is that you guys provide the framework and the curriculum, but are not financially involved. Yeah, correct. We provide um, advice and resources focusing on five areas. Governance, like what is the board of the school or the charter management organization? What are the principles of good board governance? 
leadership. Who's the principal or headmaster of the school? What is the job of that person? How do you find that person? Um, and then we provide guidance and support for that person. Curriculum is number three area. What do you teach in the school? And what books do you use to teach it? Um, we have a comprehensive scope and sequence, uh, which is vertically and horizontally aligned. That's teacher talk for, it's an outline of what a student studies in every grade, every subject, and it's vertically aligned, meaning it builds on itself, kindergarten, first, second, third, all the way up through 12th, and horizontally aligned, meaning it ensures that within a, sp a particular grade level, a student is studying things that are relevant to each other to kind of get a sort of holistic um, understanding of a subject. So ninth grade, we're going to study ancient Greece and Rome. We're also going to be studying ancient Greek and Roman literature. We're going to be reading Shakespeare's Roman plays. We're going to be reading the Iliad, the Odyssey. And in art class, we're going to be studying the classical world. So when we study something, we study it in all of its facets to develop a kind of deep understanding of it. Um, so that's the curriculum. Fourth area that we talk about is pedagogy or instruction. How do you teach the thing that is being taught? Um, anyone who's gone to high school or college knows that the teacher is the vehicle through which the students come to understand. You know, there are great books, there are great subjects, there are fascinating things that we can study, but, and important things. But when we're young, we really depend upon the teacher to lead us in the right direction so that we can study them. I'm a political philosophy person. I have a PhD in that. And that means that I've studied Plato many times in undergraduate and graduate classes. Um, Plato's the author of The Republic, one of the most important books ever written. I've read that book many times. It wasn't until really the third class that I had that I fully appreciated why we were reading this and why it was important. And that's because of the teacher. Um, and so we want to we want to help these schools find teachers who can bring the material to life and help those teachers with their craft um, help them help these schools turn into places where they can spend their entire career um, and that means teacher observations conferences for teachers demo, demo lessons all kinds of stuff um, and then fifth area is school culture you know what what's the mission of the school and how do you as the leader and the board of the school, create a place where everyone is heading in the same direction, parents, students, the community. Um, you know, what should the life of the school be like? So we teach on all those areas, um, schools across the country. And you're right, we don't, um, we don't own them, we don't operate them, we just advise and teach. I can see why this has been such a scandalous part of the news cycle so long. Then. Wow, it's... <laughs> it's an unusual arrangement. I mean, every other yeah. classical network in the in the country um, is is you know an, an organization that is making money off of public funds, and we don't do that at Hillsdale College, and we don't do that with our charters. You've got so much less vested interest than, let's say, a biology teacher who's writing a textbook that is you know, being promoted by some kind of government program or something like that. It's a lot more in some ways apolitical than what's going on in the regular education system. Yeah, people, that's a good point. Um, you know, what we're doing is we're independent, right? Like we don't rely on any anyone except for, 
you know, our good sense and the support of the people who who make our work go. And they support our work because they believe in it, because we've thought about it and articulated it well. Um, but we don't, you know, we don't, we're free as a college and free as a K-12 office to do what we think is best. And we're thoughtful people, we're educated people. And so it's it's kind of simple, you know, we just research it, learn it, and then make a recommendation. And the people are persuaded of it insofar as it's a good recommendation. So we're, we're working on kind of a broader article that's sort of sparked by um, some of the recent events in our state dealing with Hillsdale. And one of the interesting things that we've come across is this kind of idea that charter schools don't have qualified teachers. And we found that in, at our state level anyway, some things that have been happening, obviously Teach for America is huge where they kind of just get these undergrads with no education experience. But even in Metro Nashville, our own school system, what they're doing is going into colleges, recruiting teachers, basically making them pay for a master's degree um, when they have no pedagogical experience whatsoever and throwing them in the classroom. And if those students burn out, they're still responsible for that debt. So um, it just seems to me kind of a strange argument to be making that public school teachers are these you know, professionals, they're, they're honed like they're Marines of education or Marines of pedagogy. And you know, charter schools can just hire anybody when that's exactly what a lot of these public institutions are doing. Um, so I mean, do you have any thoughts about that, the sort of idea that somehow these other teachers in the public system are, you know, have certain trainings, echelons that no one can reach? Because it sounds to me even that, you know, Hillsdale is focusing more on pedagogy and training and sort of having these teachers ready to be those kinds of instructors who are going to be able to make someone connect with the Republic immediately. Yeah, that's right. So I, I, on this, I could only speak from my own experience, right? I, I started a school. It had 700 kids. I had a faculty and staff of 60 to 70 people. And I did a ton of hiring when it first started. Um, I, I met a lot of people who wanted to be teachers in this K-12 classical school. And they were of, of, you know, many, many different backgrounds, um, including public school teachers, the, the public traditional public school teachers, meaning district schools. Um, the, the public school teachers who I spoke to were attracted to charter because they felt squished. They felt hampered um, by their environment. You know, they got into teaching because they really care about kids, because they had a teacher in their life when they were young who transformed things for them. And because they really know a thing or two about a subject and want to spend their lives continuing to learn about that thing. Well, if, if that's what animates you, which is what animates the best teachers in this country, many of them, um, then the, the public school system in, in many states is increasingly stifling because there's this push towards standardization. You know, yes, maybe you studied these books in college and these are wonderful things, but you know, the, the district is saying that in this literature class for ninth graders, we're really going to cover this and what that's not really in your wheelhouse. Well, it's okay. You know, we need to, we need to make sure everyone's got the same, the same class. Um, also, you know, some, some districts have, um, you know, in response to, you know, the difficulty of recruiting teachers or recruiting teachers for specific um, subjects, they've handled it by relying on curriculum rather than teaching. 
they think we'll just get a textbook. We'll make the textbook really prescriptive to the point of sometimes even like including a script that the student, that the teacher reads to the students. And then basically anyone who likes kids and knows a little bit about this subject can handle it. Well, if you are a professional uh, and to be a professional teacher means you know a lot about your subject and you're also good at explaining it to this group of students in front of you right now. You can read their faces. You you know how to establish a rapport with them. You know how to how to ask questions in a way that's suited to them. That that script can be very stifling and kind of insulting too, because you you want to be trusted in your classroom, right? It's your classroom. These are your kids, and you love them. Um, and so, charter I think is, and especially classical charter is really appealing to people because. Uh, you know, at least in Hillsdale schools, we give people a scope and sequence, we give them a curriculum, we give them resources, but we say, we're hiring you for you, you know, for your brain and your ability to talk to kids. And, you know, here are your goals, here are the things you need to cover. These are our expectations for classroom, for um, the way you conduct your classroom, this is how the observations are going to work. And then boom, 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 make it happen. You know, and teachers love that freedom because it's coupled with responsibility and it allows them to kind of hone their craft, you know, become a become a an artisan, you know, rather than someone who's just up there reading something that was handed down. Um, because of the freedom and because of the richness of the curriculum, these schools are really good places for people who value the art of teaching whether they're highly educated PhDs who were, you know, going to teach in college, but decided to do K-12 instead because the curriculum's that good, or, you know, public school teachers, parents, um, you know, people who, people who have, have educated people who have led interesting lives and who have a knack for the art of teaching. And so my, that's my last question is essentially we wanted to try to get you on the podcast. And we thank you so much for doing it because we've been hearing a lot about Hillsdale in our state based on a conversation between um, Hillsdale's president and our governor. And I know I speak for Davis when I heard this, that we were both sort of baffled at the controversy and why the media keeps hitting this non-story. Because, you know, to anybody that's looked at any information dating back to 1983's A Nation at Risk, um, for the most part, there are a lot of problems with teacher education. Um, I think even since 1983, most teachers who graduate from college are in the bottom 20% of their class in terms of GPAs. And that's not a number that's budged that much um, as sort of these teachers are going in. So there are some fundamental problems with the way that we educate teachers that this controversy and the way that it's been covered is completely ignored. And the, the facts are right there. The nonpartisan facts are right there. So why do you think it is that people don't want to talk about this problem of teacher training or this problem of personnel? Well, I think um, I think people are perhaps afraid to to give teachers the responsibility or to acknowledge, I guess, the responsibility that teachers really have. I mean, if you think about what it means to be a teacher, I don't know if you guys have kids, but you know, I have I have little kids, and I'm used to working with parents. Your child is the most important thing, right? It is the uh, the most important thing. And when you when you send your child to school, no matter what kind of school you're sending your kid to, that's the person 
who is going to have a profound effect for better or for worse on your child. Count up the number of hours that a teacher spends with a child. Um, I don't know if I don't know about you guys, but I remember every teacher that I had when I was growing up. I know their faces. I know what they were like. I have an opinion about whether they were good teachers or bad teachers. I, you know, that was transformative, right? What other profession that you could go into gives you that much influence on the life of an individual human being, right? And then think about what professions um, we honor as a society. Like, is it impressive to a little kid to say, you know, I'm going to grow up and be a teacher? Not impressive enough, right? Um, kids think I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be a lawyer. You know, those are the things that we that we hold sort of in high esteem. But we should hold teaching in, in high esteem too. And if we do that, I think we will attract the very best, and we will hold teachers accountable to a standard that's appropriate for the influence that they hold. Um, I think I think people are afraid to give teachers that freedom. But but the truth of the matter is it's not our freedom to give. They have it, you know? They're in there with those kids right now teaching them. Shouldn't we make sure that they are given the very best materials and that they are given you know, the very best training, the very best education to make sure that they execute that responsibility well. Great. Well, thank you so much for your time. Uh, Davis, do you have anything that you want to add? I know you're sort of moderating this No, I thought that was a, an excellent conclusion, actually. Uh, Kathleen. Yeah, I, I learned so much, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, thank you. Thank you for your time. Um, I'm going to press stop recording and then we'll we'll say a proper goodbye. Um, but thank you, everyone, for listening. This was Dr. Kathleen O'Toole at Hillsdale. We'll po post uh, links in the show notes, more information about Hillsdale Charter School Program if you're curious. Uh, thanks for listening. Thank you.